Mike Murphy, Fred Hubel, Murph and Fred back together again on ESPN 1000. What a beautiful Saturday in Chicago. This is your kind of weather, Fred Hubner. It's sunny. I don't mind the cold. Nah. The wind uh-huh. is a killer. Last night, leaving here after the, I did the show with Chris Black, the wind was as bad last yeah. night as it is in the middle of February. That's how bad the wind was walking down State Street I last night. I heard all of uh, your show. Miss a little, miss a uh. lot. Last night, you guys were on fire. Well, we had a lot to talk about, yeah. thanks to Buster Olney and, you know, oh. and then Bears and Lions and lots of stuff going on. You mean Jesse Rogers' buddy? Yes. Uh, yes, his co- good pal. Co-worker, our ESPN national baseball guy, Buster Olney. And everyone in the uh, business wants to thank Buster. Thank you, Buster, for whatever that was you did yesterday, because it gave everybody a lot of fun uh, conversation, gave the fans a lot of chance to talk about what they have, uh, you know, in mind uh, for their Cubs and what the Cubs have in mind for their fans. Right. And uh, we'll discuss that here. Uh, and, oh, Jesse's going to join us at 10. We have Bears talk in about 30 minutes. Our guy, Arthur Arkish, over at Pro Football Week. PFW. Uh-huh. Pro Football Weekly. Uh, Bears. Now we're going to step aside at 11, only two hours, normally 9 till noon. We're glad you're with us for uh, any portion of our broadcast day. But today we'll step aside an hour early at 11, one more than 10. What's that uh, reasoning for, Fred? We've we got a football uh, game. Ah. We've got Ohio State and Michigan State mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. Uh, that one kicks off, so uh, we will do it now. You know, uh, speaking of kicking off, yeah. you, you hear so many people, and, and we, last night we had Kevin Fishbane on, and I don't think it's his fault because we've heard uh, some coaches say this, but they're talking about the number of snaps a guy might get. But they say, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on his pitch count. I've heard that. New it's thing. Not, it, but it's not a pitch count in football. It's snap count. The snap count. It would be a pitch count in baseball. It, uh, a basketball game tips off. It doesn't kick off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these little things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the word police here on a Saturday morning. Puck drop. Yes. Which I like. I yeah, like which is the drop. only one. Only hockey can have the puck drop. You can't have a puck drop. It's like the Bulls taking on the Cavaliers tonight. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. No, uh, no, no. That's not. That doesn't work. Fred, uh, I have the yellow pads uh, loaded up here for a lot of spraying tall fields. But let's quick get to the Cubs. But before that, let's go to a Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Ah, Felix the Cat right on the ball there with our Twitter poll music. We have about seven or eight up uh, right now, so I'd like to, uh, you know, offer you to vote uh, at all, on all of them here at ESPN 1000. But here's the question of the moment. Why has Tom Ricketts closed Theo's checkbook? All right? <laughs> and here's the uh, multiple choices. All right? Why has Tom Ricketts, I could have put apparently, because you never know. Uh, let the record show years ago... Theo was running the Red Sox, and he made the statement, might have been about this time of the year, we have no money remaining, we're no free agents this year, and two days later, he signed a Carl Crawford to a mega deal, which was a disaster. Right. Did I say Theo and a disastrous free agent signing? Yes, six of them at Boston alone. Uh Uh-huh. Don't have time to uh, delineate them all one by one. So vote right now, why has... Tom Ricketts closed Theo's checkbook. A, everyone's got a budget. 
doesn't matter if you're a billionaire. Everyone's got a budget. Right. Or B, you know, Tom Ricketts has big debt. All right. Which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yes, we did. C, Ricketts is turning cheap. He's becoming like when the Tribune owned the Cubs. That would not be good for the Northsiders. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Or D, no, 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 no. The reason Tom Ricketts has closed Theo's checkbook, he's tired. Ricketts is tired of free agent bust outs and paying them all. All right. No one's mentioned uh, a few of those. 332-3776. Vote at ESPN. Would Tyler Chat would be one of them? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Twelve point five million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Fred, everyone's wondering. Any old strike will do. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> now, uh, everyone's saying, well, what's going on with the cops? This was a good There's Jody Davis. Remember the good old days? I do. They didn't, uh, they didn't have the greatest team, but they were fun. People liked them. And that's what everyone was saying about the 2016 Cubs. They yes. Were fun. You know what? Things are changing. Now, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say, but I'm going, you know what? I, I realize one thing, everybody, and, and Fred. The window's still open. Oh, well, the window is open. <laughs> All right, let's you know, let's backtrack to that. Okay. No, no, no. That that's number two. Number one. Thank you though for reminding me. Number one. I've learned one thing. The four worst words you can say to anybody anytime, especially on the radio. No, no, not those four. Right, words. not those four. Go. Then there's three more. No, no, yeah. go. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. The worst four words and people hate it is, I told you so. I've never said it. You never want to say. Like, would you go to lovely Pat, your lovely wife, and say, you know, I told you so. Not what? No. Not, I, I told you. Well, was, yeah, if I wanted to sleep on the couch the rest of the night, the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Think I never said a lovely day. I, I told you so. I told you if you keep using that garage door up and down every time, it's going to go. That spring's going to snap. Oh, yeah. It's but, not a good thing when it spring snaps either. But do you ever say, I told you so? No. Uh-uh. You never say it to anybody, ever. Unless, like you said. You got the uh, the pillow and the, right. and the sheets and yeah, the blankie. Yeah, if you enjoy and if you couch. enjoy the leather couch, you know, downstairs so better than the mattress. I figured out a way around it. Okay, I have someone else do it. Okay, uh huh. I'll have someone else say it. So uh, I uh, well well here uh, the Bo Brummels ah as before your time, Fred. I hate to say it, but I told you so. All right, stop the tape. Now, I'm not saying this. Hate to say it, but I told you so. Thank you, Fred. Thank you very much. Windows and Waves. Now, everyone thought this was a big joke. I played it uh, during the spring and once in the summer. Jesse got a big belly laugh out of it. Oh, that's cute. No, I'm serious. No, no, no. He's not eating press box food anymore, so that belly is going to go down, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. No more press box food. A lot of the baseball guys uh, have to uh, lose a few in the uh, offseason. You know. Uh Uh-huh. So, when Theo came on board... And this will get us to Chris Bryant. When Theo came on board at his first press conference, oh, he was great. You know, he had a nice haircut. He dressed real nice. Everyone, though, oh, he dresses like I do. Well, not me. I never said that. Yeah, not me either. But, you know, millions and millions of, you know, uh, his demos. You know, that's the way I dress. His hair looks like. I love this guy. And we've learned that he's Teflon, Uh which is fine, you know. 
He had the one World Series. I have the T-shirt. I can die happy now that you know Cubs won the World Series. But I even heard that Sylvie yesterday, the other day. You know, so Sylvie want, dresses like Theo. Oh no, no, but, uh, but I want only more, only only when there's this party or something. Otherwise, he doesn't. I want more than one. Uh-huh. You know, I heard Sylvie and uh, callers and people are starting now to go. It, it, not many, not many. But uh, well, uh, for the first time Sylvie. in seven years since Theo and Jed took over. And they continue to win games, and sure, this yeah. window's open. But are ah. you starting to now say, hmm, I'm wondering if I totally trust them like I used to? Stop it. The tape. Not, don't stop Sylvie. <clears throat> I've never liked Theo, and I've said it a million times, and people hated me for it. You can't be a Cub fan! I go, I'm just telling you, the guy doesn't always have everything right and who does no, no, nobody no, does no, no, there's no, no there's not a general manager no. out there that makes all the right moves every time jim nobody made does. mistakes rick Hahn, everybody makes mistakes we yep. understand that uh-huh but for the first time have you noticed a little creeping in that maybe he's not perfect oh yeah well you know it's one of those things where mm-hmm. i think fans of joe madden yeah are seeing that there's a little bit of uh, disagreement, maybe, between uh, Joe Madden ah. and uh, Theo Epstein. Ah. You know, last year, what was it? Jim Hickey's coming in. He's going to be here for decades. Mm-hmm. Jim Hickey and Joe Madden, they worked together in Tampa Bay. This is the pitching coach. He Oh, he's gone after one year? Well, I mean, you're exactly right. You're totally factual. Uh-huh. So you're Jim Hickey. Yeah. Your guy, uh, your maven. A little bit better off staying in Tampa. A great Yiddish word. Maven. Okay. Someone who's sort of, uh, uh, like, you're going to go buy a refrigerator at Best Buy. Yeah. But you know nothing about refrigerators. But your brother-in-law, you know, is an expert on refrigerators. Yeah. You say, hey, Bill, will you come with me to Best Buy? And uh, he's your maven. Uh-huh. See? So uh, he's your helper, your yep. guider, the guy sort of looking out for you, you know, under your wing. So uh, Joe Madden has been Hickey's maven. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, if you're Jim Hickey, you go, my maven's bye-bye. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you go, well, that means I'm going to be bye-bye when he's right. bye-bye. Well, and it's weird, too, right? because they haven't made any announcement really officially on him. And there are reports that he may stay in the organization. What's he going to do? Be that's a, baloney. Ro- a roving that's, pitching coach? That's baloney. I don't know. Don't listen. So. Don't believe everything you hear from anywhere. <laughs> that, that's a good one. I mean, new bumper sticker. Don't believe anything you hear anywhere. There you go. Especially when it's talking about Hickey staying in the organization. <laughs> well, the reason I believe he hasn't been officially launched yet, they don't have the new guy signed yet. Right. And the new guy, Jesse sort of broke this a week and a half ago, uh, the Giants pitching coach, Matt Young, uh, is the guy that they've, uh, because he was with, uh, guess who? Where at? Theo in Boston. Oh, okay. Right. That, that makes sense. Shockeroo. Yeah, that makes well, sense. Which is fine. Dallas Green brought in the Phillies guys. That's sure, as you do, you bring in people you know. Exactly. And yeah. that's fine. So, the Giants didn't have a general manager until a few days ago. Right. They hired a guy, a uh, number two guy at L.A. Dodgers, uh, Farik Sahid or whatever. Right. I always get the name wrong. But, so, see, you need permission to talk to pitching coach Eric Young at Frisco. And there was no one to ask. Con- right. there, exactly. there was no one to ask in San Francisco. Right. Now there is. And right about now, the new guys, you know, like uh, the old TV show Sea Hunt, Mike Nelson underwater. You know, try- the last thing he's worried about is uh, taking a phone call uh, about his pitching coach. But to me, that's a done deal. So here's what we have to remember. 
I never want to be the one that uh, that says. Uh, I hate to say it, but I told you so. So I'm never going to say it. Okay. Let's go back. I believe this was a, a production. Was this Felix? Did you put this together? Our uh, good uh, buddy EO11, Eric Ostrowski. But from the original introductory press conference of Theo Epstein in November of 2011. Okay. Uh, you know, and that's when Theo with the nice hair and, and the nice shirt. And he looks like me. Oh, I love him, you know. And he pontificated, uh, soliloquized, if you will, for about an hour, hour and a half. as only he can do. And one of the things uh, was uh, we're going to have waves of players coming through the system. Waves and waves of players coming through the system. There are no waves. There are no waves, and there never have been any waves, which presents a pickle. The other problem is, and I think Sylvie just alluded to, uh, the window. Sylvie, did you mention the window? For the first time in seven years since Theo and Jed took over. And they continue to win games. And sure, this yeah. Windows open. Ah. But are you starting to now say... Okay, stop that. The window's open. So I put together a little uh, mix. Okay. Uh, with the help of EO11 and, uh, and Felix. Uh, and uh, it, it sort of played on the fact that the two keys are, when does the window close? Okay. And when are those waves of minor leaguers coming? Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. Catch a wave and you're sitting oh, on top of the world. I get it. I, I feel it. I get it. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Murph trying to be cute. I'm pulling out the old songs. Who cares? You know, come on. Turns out I was right. There are no waves, and the window's closing. Oh, the window's... Back in April and May when we played Dead Fred, you know. Oh, the window's going to be open for three, four, five, six, seven more years. Right. All right, fine. Right. So, we have a little segment we can do. I'm going to call it, uh, Looking Inside Theo's Pickle. Okay. That sounds I was going to say, looking, looking at Theo's Pickle, okay. but... Oh, come on. How can this guy be in a pickle? Well, he's in a pickle. Well, apparently someone told him he can't spend so much money. All right, vote right now at ESPN 1000. Why has Tom Ricketts closed Theo's checkbook? Everyone has a budget. Ricketts has big debt, as I reported a couple of weeks ago, $1 billion he owes, win trust. C, my, my reports are, C, Tom Ricketts is turning cheap. That's why he's closing the checkbook. Or D, huh. He's tired of free agent bust-outs. Wasn't, when we knew that uh, Bryce Harper was going to be a free agent, mm-hmm. and Bryce Harper and his wife were playing board games with Chris Bryant and his wife in Las Vegas yeah. in the offseason, didn't we just all take it for granted that when Bryce Harper became a free agent, he would sign with the Cubs? Yep. And now, from all reports, apparently the Cubs are not going to be into either him or Manny Machado. Hmm. That's, well, uh, that's uh, that's strange to me. That's not, great. not necessarily that it would, in my opinion, improve them because I'm still trying to figure out how that would work hmm. with three left-handed outfielders at one time. But you know, we'll figure that out later. Well, he's in a pickle. Okay, Theo's in a pickle now. Here's Buster Olney yesterday. In case you were working or you weren't near your device, your boss said, "Stay away from that ESPN 1000 device." 
ESPN's national baseball man, Buster Olney. Now listen very carefully, because uh, Buster's terrific, one of the best at his craft. We're proud to have him with ESPN. And he is a wordsmith. Yes, he is. A craftsman. Uh-huh. All right. So listen closely. And what is he really saying? Buster? I think it's just the, the shifting context with the Cubs team and with Chris Bryan as he accrues service time. Uh, you know, two years ago, it would have been absolutely unthinkable that they would even be having this conversation uh, with other teams. And to be clear, you know, Theo Epstein, who heads up their baseball operations, when he met with reporters the other day, he indicated he doesn't like putting the untouchable label on anybody. But in conversations with teams, they feel like the Cubs are more open to uh, taking offers on Brian. And that might be because now he's, uh, you know, halfway through his six years of service time before he reaches free agency. You know, the team hasn't played the expectations necessarily the last two years. And they're looking at a farm system and a, you know, a group of young players that they might want to augment. And so at the very least, they might want to know what's possible in terms of being out there and any offers for Bryant. There's still a long way, obviously, from trading him, but I think they're probably more open to conversations than they've been uh, in the last couple of years. I'd stop the tape. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with what he said. It made complete sense. Of course. It makes complete sense. Plus, you put on top of that the reported rumors that David Kaplan had here on the station a month or so ago that apparently Chris Bryant and his guys Mm -hmm. had turned down a long-term $200 million deal. Now... If it happened or it didn't happen, if and say it happened and the Cubs off made an offer and say, listen, this guy's not going to sign early for us. We've got him now. We're going to pay him uh, arbitration money. Mm-hmm. But if we can move him and not have to worry about it and bring somebody else in, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. So in other words, as we progress the ball down the field, matriculate, Fred, the, uh, uh, the questions uh, that you pose there are very uh, uh, simple, even though this trade will never happen. It, here's what happens. Here's the rub. It makes total logical sense. Right. That's where it gets legs. All right. Why does this make total logical sense? All right. There's, this is Theo's pickle. You want to look at this now or want me to read it to you? Go ahead. You don't want to look at Theo's pickle? No. Nuh-uh. My eyes are closed. There's only three ways to improve a baseball team. We all know this. In fact, when you and I were kids, there were only two. Right. There was no such thing as free agency. You could only there too. You'd made a trade. That damn Andy Messersmith. Or you what he did. Drafted or signed or beat the bushes and you developed new rookies. Kurt Flood had something to do with it too, right? Then the free agency came along. So to distill this down, very simple. And here's Theo's pickle. And this is why the trade rumor, not even a trade rumor, just right. the rumors of him being available. If we had names from another team, that would be a trade rumor. Right. All right. Here's Theo's pickle. There's only three ways to improve your baseball team. Number one, free agents. That's gone, it appears, if indeed the checkbook's been closed. Felix, we want those results in a minute, please, from the Twitter poll. Last chance, vote right now at ESPN 1000. Why has Tom Ricketts slammed shut Theo's open, bottomless checkbook, like the bottomless Coca-Cola you used to get in a college town at the pizza place. Some right? places you still get it. Yeah. Other places, uh, yeah. if, if you don't ask, you better watch it because you might have those Ford sodas on your bill. Oh, that's no fun. Now what they do is they charge you 2 or three ninety-five for one, so it makes yeah. sense. You better drink a lot oh, just to pay nice, for them. They kept filling up my Coke for free. <laughs> yeah, right. What? Look at this bill! You paid enough for a case. $7 for my Coke! Yeah. 
Well, that'll teach you to eat downtown. <laughs> Didn't we all love eating downtown? Then one day you go, what? What am I doing? It's expensive. Here's Theo's Pickle. Only three ways to improve your Cubs team. Free agency whoosh, appears to be gone. Number two, farm system. Whoosh, barren. And C, trades. Oh, got to improve. Let's improve the team. Tom yep. Ricketts laid the make law, some, by make the some way, deals. In, a, uh, uh, pri- in a meeting, uh, undercover meeting there at the Clark and Addison back in November. He laid the law out to Theo and all, everybody. And Theo brought in everybody, scouts, minor league, stat people, the, you know, secretary, everybody. Everybody said, we got to win. And why do they have to win? Because there's a lot of debt. Now, he's printing money. We know that. Gallagher Way and all the yeah. hotel and everything else. But, they get all kinds of money. You know, you move into a house, right? We've all bought a house, maybe, or planned to, or whatever. Maybe not. Maybe you're buying a condo. Same thing. You buy a house. Yeah. You don't own a house, usually. Usually, you, you get what they call a loan. Right. It's got the nice euphemistic, I got a mortgage. Uh-huh. Well, that means you borrowed money. You don't own a house. Sometimes for 20, 30 years, maybe never. You own a house. Not own. I like that. Yeah, you owe it. You owe on it. Own the house. Yeah. Do you own the house? No, I own the house. Yeah. Well, Tom Ricketts has about a billion dollars, I understand, uh, that he owes. Which still to me sounds like a lot of money, even though you're printing money. Now, the uh, Zachary Hotel, for instance. Now, I know. I'm not an idiot. I understand these are different pockets. You know, uh, the Cubs money doesn't necessarily build the Zachary Hotel across the street. These are all independent LLCs, you know, limited liability corporation, whatever the heck. And uh, Gallagher Way, they, you know, and the Cubs office building. Uh, all right. Different sponsors for all of them. But you still got to borrow the money and get a mortgage and pay them off. So everyone's got a budget, especially if you owe a lot of money. And these could be 20, 30 years you plan to pay. Why do people stop coming? I know. No, no, no. They've never. I just. Hold on. I know. Let me get the what if bell. All I'm saying is if you're Tom Ricketts late at night and you go, well, what if? What if all of a sudden people stop coming like we're in last place for enough? I, I, I owe a lot of money. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Fred. You're a pretty smart guy. You've been around the town. So the Zachary Hotel across the street from Wrigley Field. Right. I've driven by. It looks beautiful. I've never been in it. I don't even know how many rooms they have. I don't either. 10, 20, 200, boutique, 70, whatever. How many? Just guess. I got, I don't know the answer. Let's guess together. Let's bring it. Felix. Felix you, might yes. know. Felix, you've hung around Clark and Addison. Yes. Zachary Hotel. Have you ever actually been in it? I, I have. I walked oh. in it before they opened it. Cool. But I don't know how many rooms from All the right. top of my head. All right. Let me ask you guys this. Last night... Oh, Friday. Let's go Wednesday night this week. Uh-huh. How many rooms do you think were booked? I don't know. For the Zachary? I don't even know how many rooms they have. I don't either. Uh, Felix, uh, we're all going to take... On the count of three, we're going to say out loud just a speculative number uh, of, of each of ours. Okay. Let's say there's 50 rooms. It's a smaller boutique. Whatever. We all have a number in mind. How many rooms were actually booked and paid for Wednesday night? All right. We don't know. On the count of three, you got a number? Everybody? Yep. One, two, two. Fifteen. How would you say? Twenty. Twenty? Okay. I said two. Okay. Who would be staying there on a Wednesday night? (laughs) 
People that people that couldn't make it home from the night before, maybe. I don't there you know. go. People had a few too many at Bernie's. Right. They, they waddled over. Uh-huh. I bet it was two. <laughs> and those were probably at 29 bucks. Now, I'm my birth. They're full up in the I understand that. I'm not an idiot. April through September, big cardinal weekend. They probably bang that thing up to four hundred and fifty bucks. There, I understand that. Would well, I be interested to see what it, what it, what the price is for a Cardinals? Well, they probably bang it to about uh, four fifty, five fifty across the street. Are you kidding? That'd be a good deal. I mean, you know, if you're into for the weekend, you don't want to, you know. But they don't. There's no one there now. From what I see, you can get a room for one hundred and forty three bucks right now. Friday, right now. What, what about Sunday through Monday availability? What about Wednesday? Does it say? No, I'm looking here. Week when a snowstorm? Yeah, or whatever. All right, because you can find everything in, on Google. You know. <clears throat> so where's the money? Right. We're going to talk about that. We have Jesse at ten. We're going to do a little, some bears talk in a few minutes with our buddy Arthur Arkush. Where's the money? Fred, in any marketing advertising class anyone would ever take to this day, they'll say the most famous advertising campaign and the mo- most successful was, uh, well, it was this one. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? <laughs> Felix, good job editing that up. Had you ever heard that one before? Uh, no, that was the first time I heard that. Yeah, you're a young man. What were they talking about there? <laughs> were they talking about where's Ricketts uh, money? Or were they talking about something else? They were talking about something else. They were talking about burgers. Hamburgers! Yep. Lovely Claire Peller. Where's the beef? And they pick up the bun, and I got the competitor, and you need a magnifying glass to find. But the point is, everyone's saying, well, where's the beef? Uh-huh. Where is Tom Ricketts money? Right? Where did it all go? Where'd why the money he, go? Why did he close the checkbook? Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? Tom, where's the money? She was about four feet two, just barely yeah. could see over the counter at the um, hamburger place. All right, let's bring in uh, Felix. Felix, let's get the results here. What the fans vote? Bears talk in a moment. Jesse at 10. Short show today. Murph and Fred miss a little, miss a lot till 11 only. Why has Tom Rackett slammed shut the endless, bottomless, Theo Epstein checkbook. A, B, C, or D. Everyone has a budget, Murph. Tom Ricketts, he's got big, big debt with Trust, about a billion dollars, we hear. C, Tom Ricketts is cheap, turned cheap all of a sudden. Or D, he's tired of paying Theo Epstein's bust-out free agents. Felix? What do you want to do? Bottom up, up, down? Hey, I'll, do, I'll do bottom up. Bottom up. I like that. Okay. All right. We have at 8%, we have Ricketts turning cheap. 11% Ricketts has a big debt. Mm. 40% say mm-hmm. everyone has a budget. <laughs> and 41% yes. real tight there, tired of free agent bust. There huh. you go. The fans have said that there might be money in there. It's not that there's no... I heard you uh, You guys were great last night, Fred. You and uh, Chris, Chris Black. Black. Yep. Yeah, where's the money? Remember? I heard you guys. It was a great uh, a show. Where's the money? Where's the beef? And uh, maybe there is money. By the way, uh, $284 tonight if you'd like to stay at the Zachary. In guest room with a king-size bed. Yeah, and you know what? You can roll a bowling ball through the lobby and you won't hit anybody. <laughs>
Murph and Fred. I know, it says here almost sold out. You better get to, get your room now. That's a ploy. <laughs> also, guys, there's 173 guest rooms, including 20 suites. 20 suites. That is the size of Hotel Zachary. I wonder if there they turn go. the heat on those empty suites in February or just let them go real cold. <laughs> Mr. Rickett, should we turn the heat on? No! Ploy. You know what else is a ploy? I got to pay for a new pitching coach. I'll tell you what else is a ploy. And this is smart. Theo uh, and telling Buster Olney plant this story that maybe we'll tr- trade uh, Bryant. The whole thing to me is a plant because Buster Olney, like everybody, they they protect their sources. The best is Peter Gammons. He's the old Bobo. Theo's old Bobo, you know. And they plant stories. And guitar player. They plant stories, then they get a scoop and guitar player. So, you know what this is? It's the old squeeze play, Fred, as you and I have talked about over the many years. Yep. The squeeze play. Theo said to Buster, hey, plant the story that we might be, cons- because then you know what, the agent of Bryant? He said, oh, man, what if they trade him to Tampa Bay? You know, what, what if they trade him to bury him in uh, uh, Miami? Maybe we better do it. See, it's all a ploy. You want to stay in Chicago? You better pony up and sign something right here. Don't ever believe half of anything and the other half is skeptical. A spectacle. That's quite a spectacle. I know we're late. Bears talk next. Murph and Fred uh, and uh, Jesse at 10. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Saturday, 9 till noon, normally stepping aside at 11. Jesse coming up, continuing on our Chris Bryant talk in about oh, a little less than a half hour. One minute away from Arthur Arkus talking Bears football, profootballweekly.com. Hey, Fred, look who's on the line. Let's slide over to Bear fan Bob over on the Tri-State. Now they call it 294. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys, and I want to say uh, to all of my fellow vets, thank you for your service on uh, on Monday and on Sunday. Murph, I'm going to the game on Sunday, and all of the fans should know, because I am a vet and, uh, and a season ticket holder, uh, they chose uh, vets who are season ticket holders to carry the flag out on the field for the opening ceremonies, and I'm really honored and excited to do this. Anyways, and I know well, I only got a minute. Well, congr- Go no, no, congratulations. That'll be a terrific uh, scene a little before a noon. I yeah, sure will be. I guess tomorrow. 13 mile an hour winds. Now hold on to that flag, Bear Fan Bob. Yes, sir, but you know what? I'm honored to do it, happy to do it. It didn't matter when I signed the papers to go into the service. It doesn't matter on Sunday. Nicely said. No matter what the weather is. Nicely happy to said. Do it. And, and, and anyway, if, if they don't get a win, Bob, it's all your fault. <laughs> oh, I know that. I've heard that from a few old bears. Anyways, look for Kyle Fuller and uh, Floyd to have really big games today or tomorrow. Guys, I know you got to uh-huh. go. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Bears Thanks, fan, Bob. Bob. Oh, and what an honor that is. Hey, give me some Bears music. Pump me up there, Felix the Cat. <laughs> He's a vibe to it. Let's go to... Even George Hallis danced to this one. <laughs> the 
I think he had a bad hip just like the coach. Both the coaches. Just George Hallis dancing is a vision I don't know that I want. Dancing around that manhole uh, cover that looked like a nickel. That he refused to give anybody of his players. Let's go to Pro Football Weekly. Let's bring in at BFW, Arthur Arkish. Now on with me, Mike Murphy, and Fred Humner. Hey, Arthur. Fellas, what's going on? Thanks for having me this morning. How are we doing? Oh, always great. We're doing fine. Uh, always great to visit with the ProFootballWeekly.com, Arthur Arkish. All right, uh, Arthur, uh, though the injury reports uh, all week, it's sort of redundant, but it's so key. Uh, why don't you give us your thumbnail thoughts on, uh, looks like uh, they're not even on the injured list, so we can all assume, Fred, and, you know, that makes an ass out of me. We can all assume that uh, Khalil Amak uh, is back. And uh, also, uh, Alan uh, Robinson's uh, uh, back, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. They got in full practices all week long, and that was the case for the first time in, uh, what, three weeks, I guess it is. So the Bears clearly uh, handled this well, going 2-0 and in their absence and now welcoming back their best player, their number one wide receiver uh, for the biggest stretch of the season, three divisional games in 12 days. Uh, Matt Nagy did uh, sort of concede that both of those guys could be on pitch counts tomorrow, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh-huh. But remember, remember, in, in week one, I mean, Khalil Mack had been a bear for like 72, not a little bit longer. I guess it had been, what, four, five, six days uh-huh. before he went out and played almost 80% of the snaps at Lambeau. So uh, Matt Nagy can talk pitch count now, but after Khalil Mack watched uh, the Lions film this week and, and Rick Wagner letting up three and a half sacks to Daniil Hunter, uh, you know he's going to be anxious to get out there and make up for lost time uh, after the first two missed games of his career. Okay, you're the third or fourth reporter that follows the Bears that I heard say pitch count. Is that did Nagy say pitch count? Because if if that's the case, then I got to get to him because it should be snap count. You can't use pitch count. There's no pitches. <laughs> I mean, there's you know the quarterback pitches to the running back, but otherwise there's no pitch count in bat yeah. in football. Well, Arthur, you know what? I think Fred has a, a trademark copyright on the T-shirt he wants to sell. Watch your snap count. That's, yeah. that's what Fred's really doing. Very nice. I'm all about it, guys. I do believe it was Matt Nagy that used the term pitch count, but uh, we know it's Vic Fangio, who's the baseball lover. So that's maybe true. he uttered the phrase as well. Uh, I know it crosses over between baseball and football, but, heck, I agree with you guys. There should be an easier term we can find here. I'm not sure why we're not using it. Yeah, it sounds like. And speaking of speaking of Fangio, he was uh, he was none too happy with uh, with Aaron Lynch. Happy that he got to the quarterback, but not too happy afterwards, was he? Well, he wasn't too happy, guys, with Aaron Lynch's thrust count, and I guess you can't blame him. It was uh, one of their, (laughs) among their 14 penalties in Buffalo, really the only only downer on the defensive side of the football. That was easily the least disciplined uh, game the Bears have played this season. But, yeah, you're right. Vic didn't appreciate it. Matt Nagy didn't appreciate it. He said if it happens again, they'll be exchanging words. But, uh, you know, he also said it's not going to happen again because – uh, you know, the, the defense is playing too well to have uh, plays taken off the board for silly mistakes. So uh, I'd expect them to be a more disciplined group going home. I wouldn't expect to see things like three consecutive, uh, two consecutive false pair penalties and three overall from Charles Leno after he avoided them in the first seven games, guys. Well, enough of the uh, thrust count, uh, Turk count, twerk count. Uh, <laughs> but let me ask you, under the radar injury, uh, one of my favorite guys, and I am... Uh, you know, the lone uh, wolf here. I am out of step, Charlie. But from day one when I saw him, what is it, two years ago now, in Bourbon A is Adam Shaheen. And uh, he slowly, it looks like, getting closer and closer. 
he's on like the pay no mind list. Uh, you know, the old Rodney Dangerfield. And who? Google him up, Felix, if you never heard of Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get no respect. And you tug on your necktie when you say it. Adam Shaheen, let's bring in uh, Felix the Cat here, uh, Arthur, our executive producer. Uh, we have a Twitter poll on file right now. Let's see what the fans are voting. The question's very simple this week. Are the Bears going to be better off when tight end Adam Shaheen returns? Very simple. Are the Bears better off with tight end Adam Shaheen? Yes or no? What do you guys, let's vote, let's figure out, let's guess, Arthur. Uh, Fred first, what do you think the fans voted? Uh, I'm going to say that they voted 55% yes. I'm going to say that it's more. It's over half no. Okay. I think people don't like him or they don't understand him or they just think he's a one-trick pony. I'm saying no will be uh, the winner. You want to guess what the fans say or do you want to vote yourself, Arthur? Go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely yes, but I would guess it's got to be upwards of 65 or higher. I mean, uh-huh. guys, he's a second-round pick, and we don't know what he can be at in the NFL, so I can't imagine why the Bears wouldn't be better uh, having him out right. there. But l- let's, right. hear, let's hear what the listener said. Why don't you let right. us know? I-, I hope I'm wrong. Let's bring in Felix. All right, so at 25%, we have no. Okay, good. And then 75% right. say yes. Right. So Arthur was right. How yep. will he make them better, Arthur? Well, well yeah, I mean, you know, the, the truth have actually been pretty good in the two areas that I think Shaheen helps the most, and that's obviously in the red zone and then on third down as well. Um, but it, basically, he's another mismatch weapon, and we finally have a coach here in Matt Nagy who's shown he knows how to utilize those guys. So um, one thing the Bears receiving core doesn't have, and, and guys, it's got most things. It's one of the most improved position groups in the entire NFL, but it doesn't have great size outside of Allen Robinson and Kevin White, who obviously can't get on the field. So uh, you add a big dude, uh, you know, with a six seven, two hundred and sixty pounder, whatever Adam Sheehan is, mm-hmm. into the mix, and, and you give yourself another uh, option to go up there and and just out physical opponents, and, and even beyond that, just to sort of force their hand uh, in the way that they want to cover the Bears' uh, many weapons. So yeah, I think Adam Sheehan will be a nice addition once he finally gets back on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be this Sunday because right. the Bears have handled it. Uh, you know, they, they, they've taken every precaution thus far. I don't know why that would change now, just because Deion Sims is going to be out. Uh, Sunday with a concussion. So they'll, uh, they'll, they'll give Shaheen all the time he needs. But I think more likely we'll see him, uh, what would it be, I guess a week from Sunday night against Minnesota. You know, I think people forget, Arthur, uh, that you know Shaheen had 12 catches last year. But three of three them touchdowns. were right, three were for touchdowns. Yeah. So you know what? They they used him a lot. And think about it. Some of the um, red zone touchdowns, they've gone to Trey Burton, they've gone to a little shovel pass, right. and then they've also found um you know the guys in the back of the end zone, you know, like a Taylor Gabriel or, or things like that. So they've been able to score uh from the red zone, which is a good thing because in years past, you know, there are a lot of teams in the NFL who once they get to the red zone have struggled. And I think the Bears have actually been pretty good at that. Yeah, they've been excellent, and that's where Matt Nagy has actually done some of his best work in terms of uh, there's just so many different formations he likes to use. Yeah. You mentioned the shovel pass, and gosh, last week I think it was in the red zone that we actually saw Eddie Jackson in the backfield, and we saw, I believe, Tariq Cohn uh, or Mitch Trubisky aligned in front of Tariq Cohn, if memory serves. So, yes, that's where the creativity uh, truly brews for Matt Nagy. And, again, I just think having uh, another guy who's going to you know create conflict for the defense can't be a bad thing. Who knows, guys? He might even help on special teams. That's one area where the Bears have struggled a little bit. We remember Ben Broniker, the reserve tight end, getting blown up against the Patriots on the high tower a couple weeks ago. Uh, that might be an area that the Bears could uh, eventually lean on Shaheen a little bit as well. 
usually when uh, any sport, baseball, basketball, football, usually when guys get the new paper, as they call it, the new long-term contract, you would say, oh, boy, you know what, maybe he'll not have be the same performer. Kyle Fuller right. went, went oppo. What happened with Kyle Fuller? I thought it was the dumbest move ever. The Packers, you know, they matched it. And I thought, Dum. what happened to Kyle Fuller? Was he... Where was he for the last four years, I guess, and what's different? Well, I mean, he, he obviously played really well last year to earn the extension that no one saw coming, but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It's an astute point that extends not only beyond Kyle Fuller, and we can talk more about him in a minute, but I think one of the better things Ryan Pace has done as the Bears general manager is he's identifying these extensions early. He's done a great job of paying not for past performance, but future forecasts, if you will. Uh, not only Kyle Fuller, who's playing the best football of his life right now after getting that huge contract, Akeem Hicks did the exact same thing, guys. Remember, he signed a one-year deal and was extended uh, the very ne- – well, I want to say he might have been extended before the current contract wrapped up. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm, getting my, I'm trying to remember the exact so. order here. Yeah. Uh, but that's another example. Charles Leno, a third one. So Pace has gotten to these guys early, and he's really shown good foresight with, with seeing that the best football is still in front of these guys. Now – with Kyle Fuller specifically, I really think it was just a, a confidence repair. Huh. Uh, he misses the whole season two years ago after the knee scope in August. And, mm. uh, you know, he gets – Vic is very public about, you know, he needs to add toughness both mentally and physically. And I think Kyle Fuller took that to heart. I, I think he's shown that he can be very well coached. He's always had, obviously, the first-round traits with the speed and the physicality and the size. So we saw it all kind of come together last year. And I think we saw him to kind of kind of own it this year, realize that he's one of the guys in the locker room. And it's a real credit to Kyle Fuller because he has stepped up. Uh, he's a quiet leader, to be sure, but he leads by example. And uh, you could argue, guys, that he's been the defensive MVP for the Bears wow. thus far. Wow. After that after that dropped interception uh, in Green Bay. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, it would be Khalil Mack, of course, but when you miss a couple games, mm. that can, uh, you know, that can at least add, a, you know, start a discussion about it. Let's slide a quick call in for Arthur Arcus Pro Football Weekly. Let's go out to Rolling Meadows. Uh, John, you're on the air, up against the clock. John, go. Okay, make it real quick here. Okay, yeah, I've, Detroit comes in, they've beaten us 9 out of 10, the 10th time being three years ago. Why should Detroit come in this weekend and feel any differently about beating us than they have in the past? I mean, they just got pounded. So, I mean, if you're looking at it realistically, Detroit is going to be coming in all PO'd over what's happened and and taking out some frustration on a young quarterback and a defense that's been without their main defensive rusher for two weeks. I mean, why shouldn't they come in and think that they can just, you know, beat us like right. they have good call thanks john call again arthur yeah john thanks for the call it's a good question i you know i i, I think there's no reason that they won't i'm sure they're going to come in with a lot of confidence they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder as you said after playing their worst two games of the season back to back uh now all that being said i just don't love the way that they match up against this version of the bears who are playing elite it's going to be the biggest change that Bears fans will see when the Lions come in Sunday. Oh. Well, A, it's the you know the, the subtraction of Golden Tate, their leading receiver, was traded to Philadelphia last week. But after that, it's the addition of these rookies, Kerryon Johnson and Frank Ragnow, that have actually given uh, Detroit a run game. So uh, that's a potential, you know, it could be an advantage for the Lions. But again, the Bears haven't, uh, you know, obviously they just allowed their first rushing touchdown of the season last year, uh, last week in Buffalo. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. They have been truly elite. And the Lions have been, I think they averaged like 167 rushing yards in their three wins and like 67 in their five losses. So that has clearly mm. been 
Uh, it's sort of the big difference in, in when they've played well and when they haven't. Uh, but I just am not sure they're going to be able to get the run game started on the Bears. Beyond that, look at the health. Darius Slay, their best defensive player, is going to be out. Yep. DJ Lang, their starting right guard, is going to be out. So those are two huge advantages for the Bears. Uh, I know Allen Robinson is coming back, but I kind of feel like this could be a Taylor Gabriel and or Anthony Miller game through the air just because I think the Bears' speed uh, could be a huge advantage for them. Darius Slay, uh, the fastest corner that the Lions have, and I think they're going to miss him. Uh, there is a speed deficiency. They've got decent size with guys like Deshaun Shedd, Keys Tabor, and Nevin Lawson, but I do think that they're going to uh, their, their lack of speed could show up here tomorrow. Hey, great job. Arthur, quick, what's going on at uh, PFW Pro Football Weekly? Uh, yeah, guys, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, if you haven't already, you got to sign up for our Bears coverage. It is, uh, it's outstanding, and I'm just really proud of all the awesome stuff we've got this week. Eric at home wrote a piece about Mitch Trubisky as this raging firestorm debate uh, goes on with Mitch Trubisky yep. and the, uh, the difference between how he's viewed locally and nationally. I'd really encourage your, your listeners to go check out the piece on Eric Adam. I thought it was really, by Eric Adam, it was really good perspective on the whole situation. And per usual, you guys know Bob Laguerre, Hub Arkus, they've been covering this team uh, wall-to-wall, and uh, I think everyone will enjoy what we got going on over there right now. Hey, great job. Uh, of course, Pop's more worried about Chris Bryant, but we'll talk about that <laughs> next time. <laughs> Arthur, great, great job. Thanks for jumping in. Murph and Fred talk you down the line. I always appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Arthur. Of, of course, guys. Have a great weekend. <laughs> See talk you later. Time. Murph and Fred, I know we're up against the clock. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes back in a flash. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. About one minute away from Jesse. About five minutes away. About five minutes away from Jesse. Five or six. Yep. The kid. We'll get to him. Martin Greco visits every uh, Friday. Is it once or twice? A couple times. A couple times a week. Miss a little miss. Whatever he wants to come in. He's terrific. He just walks about 10 feet over from the. You know, hair salon uh, over here for Channel 7. And uh, Mark Jane Greco was on uh, yesterday. That'd be Friday. He was on yesterday about uh, 5, well, 5.34. And he's a big a hockey guy as anybody. Yep, he loves quickly, the game. In like a 10-second cut, have it right here, he broke down the Blackhawks firing of Q, etc. Let's eavesdrop. Yeah, there are no excuses. It, it's the same thing. It's they fired Q... To cover Stan Bowman's mistakes. And they're saddled with these core contracts for several more years. So you can't do a total rebuild for three or four more years. So you're stuck. Not pretty. Yeah, no. It's not pretty at all. Now. His biggest mistake was they panicked after they lost to Nashville. What? A, 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 I'm not the biggest hockey expert. Uh, I'm a fan like everybody else. But when they lost to Nashville, the first thing I said the very next day is, don't panic. You mm-hmm. lost to a good team. Don't panic. What they do? They traded Panarin yep. for Saad, and they got rid of two of their top defensemen. And let the record show. And Fred, I know people say, well, we couldn't afford him. Well, you had to figure something else out because what you did was wrong. You came in here fr- uh, on Saturday. And said immediately, this is going to be bad. Panarin, the bread man. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure many fans also said the same thing. But it's not a second guess. I can vouch, Fred, you said that day one. I had so many people telling me, man, but Sod's a better two-way player. And Panarin wasn't able to do anything in the playoffs. Nobody did anything in the playoffs. 
But what Panarin did all season long was tremendous. You don't just give up on it, and that's what they did. I thought it was a huge mistake. Jesse Rogers next. Smurf and Fred back in a flash. We're here only till 11. That's one more than 10 uh, today, so stick around. Lots to cover in the next hour. Hope you're having a great Saturday. The sun is shining, and it's not snowing. Oh, so it should be like 60 out. Not raining. It's it's what it is. It's fall. It's a little later than normal. It's a little bit. It's per- and Fred's smiling. Yeah. I like it when Fred smiles. It's sunny. Wear the sunglasses. Though we do have some what's up Fred's can later. That'll turn that frown upside down. And a hat near Murph. That smile around is what we're going to do. Okay, quick break. Jesse next. Murph and Fred at ESPN 1000. And Fred, one minute away from Jesse Rogers. All right, I understand, Fred, we're getting some good action on a uh, couple of Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter polls. Okay. All right. Uh, vote now at ESPN 1000. White Sox will soon sign a big time free agent? Question mark. A, B, C, or D? They should and they will. They should and they won't. They shouldn't and they will. They shouldn't. And they won't. Huh. There's only four possibilities in okay. your mind. Vote. And Cub fans, we're getting action also on Cub fans' confidence level in Theo Epstein. A, still sky high. Come on. B, well, not as high as in 2016. C, trending down. And D, low. All right. Hey, let's visit with the guy, Jesse Rogers. Hey, Jesse. Party all week at the GM meetings. <laughs> they should have that at the Zachary to fill up those empty rooms next year. 173 of them. Yeah, can you pitch that, Jesse, having the uh, meeting in, uh, at the Zachary across the street since it's probably empty all the time? Well, um, yeah, at this time of year, you're probably right. Retorical. Retorical. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will tell you, in the summer, it is packed, but uh, yes. it's a whole different story once yeah. that season ends. That's yeah, sure. they roll the bowling ball down the lobby and hit nobody, as the old joke does <laughs> the other night. All right, fans, it's Jesse Rogers. Now, Jesse, I know, you know, oh, that Murph. Yeah, he's always doing his goofy stuff. I, I remember back April and May, you know, I had uh, EO11 or maybe a Felix here. I put together a little mini mix, uh, you know, and. And, uh, you know, oh, that's cute. That's funny. Uh, you know, I think you gave me a courtesy laugh, which is fine. I'll take all of those I can get. You know, give me, but it was there, you know. He's become very good at that on Saturday yeah, mornings. Well, it was this one. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. We got waves of players coming from the miners. Window, yeah. Oh, the window's wide open. The window's open for 17 more years. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. Yeah, where are the players? Where's the money? Where's the... Where's the beef? Yeah. Where's the beef? I don't know. Hey, where's the beef? Sorry, Jesse. I know it's a little early for you there, so... <laughs> trying to make sure you got your uh, wake-up wake call. All right, Jesse, let's get serious here. The windows and the waves might have seemed sort of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, a little whimsical at the time. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, now I'm hearing more and more people, uh, fans, 
talk show host, you know, oh, that window, that window might be closing. And then you, then I read a uh, quote. Uh, this happened to be our buddy Mark Gonzalez in the Tribune. You probably had it also at ESPN1000.com. This was Theo, fellas, couple, uh, a couple days ago at the uh, meetings, which Jesse did a great job reporting from every day, the general uh, manager's meetings. And Theo said, talking about the lower levels and the minor leagues, quote, we have... Now, be thinking waves in the back of your mind, everybody, when you used to laugh at me, okay? This is Theo. We have a lot of work to do in our farm system to continue building it back up to where it was. To where it was? All right. <laughs> I just put three question marks. Cause I still have what they call a newspaper here, Jesse. Remember them when you were a little kid? <laughs> he used to deliver them, I'm not sure. Not done, not done. Yeah, and they would never pay him. Get away. <laughs> you threw it in the bushes. Oh, come on, Mr. Jones. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, Theo says, in our farm system to continue building it back up to where it was, he said uh, recently. It's not there yet now. It's not close to where it was. And that's the goal, to get it back there. Especially by the time this generation of players is transitioning or potentially transitioning. Here's your old Ivy League double talk, and uh, but his hair looks nice and the shirt's nice, and he won it all in 2016, and uh, so I love him forever. Don't get me wrong. So Jesse and Fred caught this right away. Want to build our farm system back up to where it was? All right, they had a few guys, number one picks, and they had the free the signings from the uh, Latin America, uh, and they you know Torres was fine and Eloy, and they did have C, so they had some. But they want to get it. I just want to get it back to a couple guys. Wait, where are the waves, Jesse? Forget the waves. It's like you said, a mm-hmm. couple guys. I mean, right. I put it right to I put it right, right. to Jed uh, the, right. the, the other day. The other day as well. Just give me one reliever, right? Just one reliever that can go through the mm-hmm. system and be a force in the in the in the way right. Josh Hader has become one. And if, even if it's not yeah. a, a guy of a Hader's caliber, yeah. how about just an effective guy? They All don't right. even have one that's done it. Right. And so let's forget about the waves. Let's just okay. get a couple to come. All right. Hold that thought and don't be a hater. Oh, hater, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, hater. All right. Theo's pickle ties into what we just discussed. Did you want to look at Theo's pickle with me? All right, Jesse. Of course. Here we go. As we all know, there's only three ways to improve a baseball team. Number one, through free agency. Number two, through the farm system. And number three, through trading. So, free agent. We had a Twitter poll question, Jesse, in the first hour. Felix, keep stay by the microphone. We had the results, uh, Jesse. It was phrased very simply. Why has Tom Ricketts, and this all keys into the Chris Bryant and the rumors, why has Tom Ricketts closed Theo's open bottomless checkbook? A, well, Murph, everyone has a budget. B, well, Ricketts has big debt, Murph. You reported the billion dollars he owes to win trust for... Re- he rebuilt a Wrigleyville on his own. Can you imagine you buy, you buy a condo, you build a house, you take a... How much did it cost to build Wrigleyville? Well, it's different pockets. I am different LLC. Okay, anyway. C. Ricketts is turning cheap. These are just the options. I'm not saying this. And D. He's tired of Dio's free agent bust-outs, expensive money. So uh, let's bring in Felix. Felix, bottom up. We've had another hour here. Maybe the results have changed. Lay it on to Jesse Rogers, Felix. Why has Tom Ricketts closed Theo's open bottomless 
checkbook, what the fans say, bottom up. All right, 8% say Ricketts turning cheap. 11% say Ricketts has big debt. 40% are saying everyone has a budget. And 41% tired of free agent bust. All right. We don't know. I, we don't know, Jesse. Can I give you my answer? Please. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would, I would have chosen, I was, I would have chosen all of the above. I would have chosen all of the above because I think it's a combination of everything, right. including the, t- the. And then I would add one and say timing, meaning before right. they've seen anything uh, from the new TV deal. Uh, so I would say all of the above mm-hmm. and the year that we're in, which is pre big money from TV. All right, Jesse, did Fair. it? Fair did did it surprise you? I mean, you you've come out pretty much saying that you don't think that they're going to be into either Machado or Harper, right? Yeah, I, I don't think they're playing possum. I, I believe them. I believe Theo when he says, yeah, we're going to be a top six payroll, but it, it, it's about what he's not saying. He's he, he's not indicating they're going to be one or two, which is what they probably have to be to get one of those guys. But so, d- d- does it surprise uh, you? Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah, because... Uh, they, on one hand, they talk how, about the urgency of the window they're in, right. how the offense broke, and here's a generational talent staring at you, two of them, I guess, but I'm talking about Harper, staring at you, um, and you have no interest. So my question to Tom Ricketts when I see him is, top six is great. Boston was one. They won a World Series. How, how come the Cubs can't have a number one or two payroll for one or two years? Why, why is it the Cubs can't be at the top in that category for a short amount of time. I believe he's tired of paying free agent busts. And that's, what the, so. and that's what the fans voted, though all of the above was certainly a fair for you to say. Well, yes. And you know what the tough part would be, too? When you look at a guy like Harper, at least for me, this would be tough. When you look at a guy like Harper, and if it's a 10-year deal, which I know he, he's looking for, and I would never give it to any ball player, I don't care who he was, but... In 10 years, heck, in six years, Theo and everybody else would be gone, and he'd still be there. And Ricketts would still Probably. be here. He'd still have, you know what I mean? He'd still be paying on yeah. him. So it's tough to look at a 10-year contract when you're not sure what's going to happen three years down the road. But there's, but, he, but you know, Tom's got to look at this as well. When Once Lester's contract is done mm-hmm. and these young players all, and don't forget, Hendricks is going to hit free agency in a few years. Right. This thing could really turn over. Who knows what this team's going to look like? We know there's a core here. Yes, he's made mistakes, and sometimes you have to overpay for him. This is one of those times. Why, why, why can the Red Sox be number one in payroll and not the Chicago Cubs? Somebody answer me that. Why can the Red Sox be number one and not the Chicago Cubs? Now, the Red Sox so, fired Theo after six disastrous, disastrous uh, free agent signings. Yes, Dave Dombrowski is still paying big money to people. Yes. It hasn't changed. I know. So, All right. Let, let's focus back in here on Bryant. Let's go back yeah. to the only three ways uh, there are to him. Now, assuming the Cubs want to improve, and of course, that has to be the assumption, what team doesn't want to improve? So, okay. There's only three ways to improve your team. Free agents. Now, that could be out if, indeed, the checkbook's closed. Could be a bluff. They could be saying this to Brian's uh, agent through Buster, you know, saying, oh, no, no, Uh, you know, uh, we might shop around, Brian, trade him to, you know, Tampa Bay, Miami, and stick him there, and then then what do you got, uh, Mr. Agent? Or maybe not. Point is, you never know. Number two, farm system is the second way. That's it. That's bereft. That is uh, barren. Three, that leaves trades. The only viable way if the checkbook's closed, Jesse, Fred, is through trades. Now, 
Who can Theo right. trade? Let's look at this. This is going to go to the Chris Bryant rumor, which will never happen. Don't get me wrong. But here's why it has legs. Who can Theo trade? All right. Laundry list. Almora, trade him who plays center. Hap, maybe. What do you get for him? He's had an off year, and he's very valuable to fill in everywhere. Uh, Schwarber, fine. He had an off year, and who plays left? Uh, Kyle Hendricks, you just mentioned. Fine. Trade him. Who pitches? Jose Quintana. Sure, you could trade him. Who pitches? John Lester. Maybe you could trade him. Big money. Who pitches? Contreras. Probably get something for him even after off the off year. Who catches? Uh, Darvish. Can't trade him. No one wants him right now. Hayward. He's untradeable. You can't. You have to eat all right. the money. And they just, you know, uh, Chetwood. He's untradeable. Unless someone says, okay, well, here's a million dollars, and you pay the other 12 each year. Uh, Strope. Okay, he's tradable. Who's going to be your eighth inning? Edwards. Point is, you only got two guys that really are viable trade chips, and it's Rizzo and Bryant. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating, Jesse. And I'm not saying, this will never happen, this Bryant thing. But that's why it makes sense, because if you look at this, and how is this uh, Theo Pickle going to work? How's he going to improve the team? That's the question, and that's why the Bryant thing makes a little sense. That's all I'm saying. Well, let me let me let me add on to this because yeah. it's been a it's been an incredible 24 hours on social media since Buster uh, posted that story. You're right. That is one reason there's some chatter, mm-hmm. but there's another one that's even more important. It's the inevitability of Chris Bryant going to free agency. That clock is ticking. And yes, we are three years out. That's why the trade is very, very unlikely. But it's also at a time when conversations at least start. And then you might pick it up with a team in July and then again next off season. But it, it, it's, it's more chatter now than it will ever be or from you know, previously. But it will continue to be chatter as he marches towards free agency. I'm already talking to people within the league. I'm sure Buster is as well. There is a small chance... He is going to sign back with the Cubs before free agency. I know people don't want to hear this. So the Cubs start doing their due diligence based on what you're saying. You only have a few trade chips and what I'm saying. And the reason it's Brian and not Rizzo is because of what I'm saying. Rizzo's under a friendly contract and is more likely to sign another decent contract because his agent isn't Scott Boris. And the bottom line is more likely than not, Bryant is going to free agency. That is the basis of all this. And Buster's story crystallized, not coincidentally, a day after the GM meetings because he got on the phone with some uh, opposing executives who got the impression the Cubs were a little bit more serious than normal. It still means what we all believe. He probably won't be traded. It just means the chatter is more serious than it ever has been, but that doesn't mean it's 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 inevitable or imminent i should say it yeah. might be inevitable because right. what we do know is he is probably not signing back with the cubs well hey, but yes how much of this has to do with the report that he was offered a long-term 200 million dollar deal and turned it down um and and then maybe they go back and rickett says well you know what if he's not going to sign with us now why not move him now for get him get the most you can get for him? I understand what you're saying that he's still got three years left, um, but also he's got three years left where whoever does get him, it doesn't have to pay him big money either for three years. And, and, no, no, Fred. Of course, it goes back to him already turning down a huge extension. They're already getting the feeling in the same way they got the feeling from Jake Arrieta's camp 
that this guy is not going to sign at any sort of a hometown discount. And because of his agent, he's probably going to go to free agency, right. if most of them do. So it does go back. That's part of the storyline. He's already turned down big money. Now, I don't think Ricketts is telling them to trade him. I don't think that's the case. Theo does. You know, Theo's in charge of the baseball ops right now, and it's a, you, you have a season to play. So in 2019, if they're, if they're better with him, he'll stay. If they're better without him, he'll move on. You're not in that stage where you have to move mm-hmm. him or, or lose him to nothing like the Nationals are about to lose Bryce Harper. They won nothing with Harper and now are getting nothing for him. All right, hold so that, hold that thought. Now, hold, great, one great. more thing, Murph. Okay. One more thing, Murph. Yeah. And you, you may be right in, in terms of the chatter mm-hmm. with opposing teams. For all we know is picking up on purpose. So a guy like Buster can get it out there sure. so the agent knows they're real about trading. All this yeah. stuff is going on behind the scenes. Correct. So let me finish. Whatever Theo is saying publicly, mm-hmm. like what he did yesterday, please, please, folks, don't be so gullible. Right. Nothing an executive says publicly means anything. If Theo would have been, uh, it would have been better for the other media outlets not to go to Theo yesterday because they, they got nothing out of him uh, in response right. to Buster's uh, uh, story. He said nothing. Now, exactly right, Jesse. Here's the rub, and I don't want to be the one-trick pony, but you'd yeah. be, they'd be trading Bryant for prospects. Can't miss, tra- you know, anyone can miss. Don't get me wrong. But right, you'd be right. trying to restock this farm system, which is fine. Or, the, like Washington, great example, Jesse, they never traded Harper. The other option is they'll keep Brian for three more years and then let him walk and away and get nothing back because you're stocked up and you got a triple A third base banger not named Bodie who's a good kid don't get me wrong and you got this guy that guy and you say you know what we don't need to trade Brian for three hot shot like a Chris Sale trade which was a good trade don't get me wrong we're not forced to do that because we have farm system coming I hate to keep going back to this but if you had farm system coming wouldn't you would not you be more comfortable and say we'll just ride it out with Brian and see what happens after 2021. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's my feeling on it. If you trade Brian anytime soon and it's for prospects, then you better spend the money that you just saved on Brian. My feeling would be Hmm. it'd be more of a blockbuster Brian for other major leaguers that can help you win now. There's no way Theo's giving up the window now. If you trade Brian just for prospects and save the money, then you're in no urgency to win now. I don't think he would do that. Not three years right. out. You're right. Now, you're right. A year out, uh-huh. a year out from free agency, maybe he would. Yeah, you're right. The only thing I'm thinking about, Jesse, is when you look at this past season, okay, Bryant had a down year. He had the shoulder injury. He was out for extended periods a couple times. They won 95 games. They didn't win a lot of those games because of Chris Bryant, okay? So yeah. you could move a Chris Bryant off, put someone else there to replace him, and you're not really hurting your team that much. You know, you understand what I'm saying? But you're not well, improving. But, that, but that, you're, that's right. you're right. But that's last year, Fred. Who knows? I mean, he's still he's still pretty darn valuable when, when healthy. I mean, you know you know me. I've been on Bryant. Oh, I know. But well, when healthy. See, now, yeah, Jesse raises a good point, Fred. Uh, to augment your point, fellas. What, if you're a general manager, not Theo, but another team, you're going, you know what, Chris Bryant, we can get him. All we have to give up is our starting uh, you know, center fielder and these two hotshot prospects. You don't know about his shoulder. Right. What general manager right now is going to give you anything for the, for uh, uh, Bryant until you see him play a month or two next uh, this coming season and see if he, he's got any power back? That's a good point. That's why it's unlikely to happen, but that mm-hmm. doesn't change 
the 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 the, um, the crux of Buster's story. Both things can be true. It's unlikely to happen, mm-hmm. but the chatter is more serious than ever. And again, sure. these trade conversations can go on for years. It, it, it has to start somewhere. And I'm telling you, I talked to someone, I talked to an agent in the last couple of days, and just the rhetoric. People think Theo's sort of downplaying this stuff. If you listen to the other side, they're worried about the things Theo is saying. He called his own players ultra millennial. Yeah. Which, we, again, we agreed last week that's not a positive thing to say. You know, Chili Davis said the same thing. He has not declared Rizzo or Bryant untouchable, and you know, under the guise that nobody's untouchable. But I'm telling you, if you if you hear from people within the game, they're they're a little surprised by the rhetoric coming from Theo. He sounds a little bit angry, which he should be, and I think he is. You heard him defend Chili Davis at the GM meetings, completely defend him, and almost. You know, chastise his own players for for not being able pressure. to, to handle things. Yes, because so, there's pressure. He's angry at everything because it's not Theo. going right right now. So everybody should be on their. Well, side. there's pressure on Theo right now, and that's why Rick had slammed shut the checkbook. Says go fix it. Well, and Jess, and the thing with Buster Olney, everybody's talking about the one main thing. But you just brought up Chili Davis, and uh, in the article that he wrote, he also talks about when Chili Davis talked to the Sun Times, where he says, regardless of who's there as the hitting coach, certain players there are going to have to make some adjustments because again. Games change. Pitchers are pitching them differently. They're not pitching to launch angles, fly balls, and all that anymore. They're pitching away from that. And I still think about this past season with Chris Bryant and how much of that has to do with them throwing him high fastballs that he can't hit, and he strikes out uh, quite a bit last year for not playing as many games as you know he's played in years past. Bill James Fred, ridiculed just... Bill James ridiculed launch angle in the Bill James handbook. Fred, we were talking about the same thing last week, Jess. Fred, Fred brings up a good point. Uh, it, it, you know, Chili never named names, but if he was going to, uh, the name that came to mind was Chris Bryant. It did, among others, among others. Uh, I mean, but remember, Chris is a product of his dad, Mike, who right. taught him from day one about the launch angle thing. He won an MVP doing the launch angle thing. You're not going to change. Chili wasn't going to change Chris Bryant. I do believe he's one of the guys that probably did not connect. I think we can safely say that because Chris Bryant has had success going and uh, doing it a different way. And he probably will continue to have success doing it that way. So, right. Um, but, but you're right, Fred. He, 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 you know, if you're not going to pitch to that, you may not have as much success. So there's all this out there, uh, and they're trying to figure out the right thing to do here um, internally and and what to do externally, who to bring in, and everything else that would fit what they're tr- what they're trying to do on offense now that Chili's moved on. So I don't know what the answer is, but but um, I, I think they're in the middle of a, a little transition here. What 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 to do, and with their uh, with their uh, with their wallet, you know, closed, they're going to have to probably win this thing from within. I mean, the answers are probably still from within. Mm. Yeah, the Ooh. pressure is now on. Real quick, and I always appreciate your time. I'll let Jesse Rogers spring off here and go uh, sign some autographs of Try Not to Suck, his great book, still available everywhere, especially uh, in his garage. No, Amazon. <laughs> Jesse, Fred, here's Mark Gian Greco. Uh, has a 15-second cut Yesterday, uh, on with the guys at, at uh, 5 o'clock. Here he is talking about the Blackhawks. Uh, I'm going to play this 15-second cut. Listen closely. Mark Greco on what's just occurred with uh, Coach Q, etc. Yeah, there are no excuses. It, it's the same thing. It's They fired Q to cover Stan Bowman's mistakes. And they're saddled with these core contracts for several more years. So you can't do a total rebuild for three or four more years. So 
you're stuck. Stop the tape. Now, this is Mark Jean Greco. I'm going to replay it, something we would really do in radio. But I want you this time to listen, everybody, and think he's saying Chicago Cubs fired Joe Madden. The uh, buck stops on the, uh, not Bowman's desk, but Theo's desk, uh, long-term contracts. Very interesting if you listen to the same 15 seconds now. But if I said, here he is talking about the Cubs. Yeah, there are no excuses. It, it's the same thing. It's they fired Q to cover Stan Bowman's mistakes. And they're saddled with these core contracts for several more years. So you can't do a total rebuild. For three or four more years. So you're stuck. Thanks, Mark. It happens to every team. I'm not pointing anyone out. This happens to every team. They ebb and flow, Jesse. It happens to every successful team, especially because the players like Seabrook and Keith and, and, I mean, I guess Hayward and and, and soon Bryant, they get rewarded when you win. You you get rewarded by production. Um, And and that's just the ones that deserve it. Then there's guys that don't deserve it. I guess I I included Hayward in that. But you you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's the the one in in a hundred GM that can navigate the winning, pay their guys, and continue to win. It doesn't happen often. It's not easy. Hey, Jesse, great job. We did not have time to get to the yellow pad. I was going to ask you... uh, 40 days of suspension, Addison Russell, who plays second base for 40 days. Are they going to just outline? They have till November 30th, I believe, believe to release them. Uh, so uh, I want you to write a piece on that so we can read uh, your piece at ESPN 1000. And secondly, Joe Madden. You know what he's going to do? I figured it out. He's going to play everyone every day. He's going to say, you know what? No, no, I'm not joking. He's going to say, all right, Dale, I see what you're saying to me. You want to win. You want to He's going to have a set lineup like Leo DeRocher. He's going to run those guys into the ground 160 days. Hayward, run out there till your tongue's dragging to right field. He's going to Contreras, you're behind the plate. He's going to play Zoe every day at second base for 40 days because you can't put Hap there. And you watch Joe Madden. He's not going to be happy about this squeeze play, which is fine. That's business. But, Jesse, do you think you're... Uh, not your guy. I'm sorry. You know Joe better than anyone. And we're way up against the clock. Do you think that's in the back of his mind after a couple like uh, visits over to Benny's one night and he goes, I'm going to just play these guys and run them into the ground. Luckily, I don't think that's what Theo is doing to him. I think they're going right. to be on the same page right. and they're going to continue to play 11 guys. Everyone's going to get upset at Joe. And, and I asked Theo straight out, uh-huh. straight out two days ago, if they were changing that philosophy, and he said no. Okay. But they are going to change how they communicate it to the players. Good job. Jesse, thanks for overtime as always, and uh, visit with you when appropriate. Uh, well, which... a couple a couple weeks when you're yeah. down at the, uh, when you're in Las Vegas, we'll wake you up in Vegas. I'll be at the blackjack table. See you guys. <laughs> You'll be See collecting you, cocktail napkins looking for trade rumors. <laughs> thanks, buddy. It's Jesse. Smurf and Fred, just till 11 today. That means we are late. Back in a flash, the yellow pad, lots more to cover. Spray and all fields. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Usually halfway home at 10.32 on a Saturday. Today we step aside. Uh, what are we doing at 11, Fred? We're, you and I are stepping aside. Yeah, we got Ohio State, Michigan State oh. in that. Coming up around 3 o'clock uh-huh. from the uh, Fort Winch Casino in uh, South Bend. It'll be 
Chicago's College Tailgate with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Adam Abdallah, they take you from 3 until 5.30 leading up to the pregame for a big one. Notre Dame trying to stay unbeaten. They're going with their backup quarterback against Florida State today. That gets underway around 5.30 with the pregame here on ESPN 1000. I did not know that. Thank you for teaching me that. I did not know that. Yeah, Tracy was on yesterday, and I got back in touch with her because we are both big fans of Twizzlers. Nice. And uh, yes, we are we uh, we are big fans of Twizzlers. Forget these red vines and Uh red rope and all the other silly things. Twizzlers are the way to go. Let's bring in uh, Felix the Cat. Uh, Felix Reyes, uh, we have action on a couple Twitter polls you were saying. Number one uh, was uh, White Sox will soon sign a big-time free agent? Question mark. Well, uh, the four choices, well, they should and they will. Or they should, but they won't. Or they shouldn't, but they will. And they shouldn't, but they won't. Those are the only four possibilities. Fred, uh, you want to... Give us I'd your say thoughts they, on that. I'd say they should. Uh huh. And they won't. Big time. A big time. The guy. Yeah. Whatever, whatever I, it, you define it was, that. It is. was between that and they shouldn't and they will. So. <laughs> so either way, I'm not. I'm not. See, if if you give anybody, if you yeah. give anybody ten years, you're making a mistake. Yeah. I don't care who it is because I don't think either Machado or Bryce Harper are worth it. You know what I heard a baseball man say once on that topic? They know when they sign. A guy for 10 years. That years 7, 8, 9, and 10 yeah. are washouts. So it's really, in their mind, it's a six-year contract for $300 million, not 10 years. So those last four years, it's anything he gives is bonus yeah. and gravy. For both of these guys being 26, my deal with them would, listen, yeah. I'm going to give you a four deal for 40 or a four deal for 50 a year. Go 45, whatever you want to do. But give them a say, listen, it's a four-year deal. And at the end of four years, you want to get out, you want to go somewhere else, you go right ahead. We'll have already paid you yeah. you know, 90, what, with 200 and some, you know, million. Um, so, well, or, or a little bit less than 200 million. Great, in fact, remember Raphael for a call. Jim Hendry thought he had him wrapped up uh-huh. on your topic, Fred, with the Cubs. He offered the agent and, and uh, for a call. Ten million times five years, fifty million, which was good dough. Yeah, still is. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Ned Coletti swooped in from the Dodgers and said to the agent, "I'll give you three years. Three years, we got five. He says, "No, I'm going to give you three years at thirteen. Right. That's thirty-nine million over three. Then you're a free agent again. Right. And if you've done well with me, you'll get me even more money than the fifty long yeah. run. And you're working off thirteen million then for your new deal, not working off ten million. See? Sure. So everything you said. Makes sense. It, it, it makes sense, except for Scott Boris and the players, and uh-huh. I understand why they want the security. Because once you put your name on the, once you put your name on the paper, you're yeah. getting that ten years. You know, and obviously everyone's going to come up with an out out clause here and there. If I'm paying someone for ten years, I don't know that I want an out clause. Not for the players, yeah. only for the team, and they're not going to sign that. Felix the Cat just give us the winner. What the fans vote for? White Sox will soon sign a big time free agent? Question mark. All right, this is what makes this poll interesting. Ah. There really isn't a winner yet. Two of them are tied. Okay. I love it. So it's at 37% should and will. So hold on. 37% said they should should sign a big-time free agent, and they will. Will. Correct. All right. And then the other 37% Uh is should and won't. (laughs) So 60, uh, 74%, whatever that was, say they should. 74% say, say they, they should. should. Yeah. All right. See, I, if there was another free agent, 
that wasn't named Machado or Harper and you can get him for four or five years, I would say yes. But I don't know that either one of those guys will sign for less than 10. Well, with a DJ LeMay, you're looking more at Clark and Addison because the Sox are all, all set with uh, Madigal or whatever. is The new kid at second. Yeah, Madrigal, yeah. And the Mancata to third are the rumors, whatever. They, yeah, which would make sense yeah. if Mancata can But a DJ LeMay, would you consider him, so it's all semantics, a, a big-time free agent, DJ LeMay. I love him with the Cubs. Yeah, he's a really good defensive player. and uh, love again, and John DeWan's fielding right. Bible winner. He gets a gold glove. Yeah. Uh, I just think... His hitting's really good in Colorado. Yeah, I'm not true. sure how good it's going to be here because he has become a uh, launch angle guy. But is he a big time free agent? That's what I'm sort of. Yeah, big time. I guess are just the two guys. Well, you know what? If I'm the Cubs, who do you go after? A guy like Whit Merrifield who steals more bases, right. and plays the position. Very good with Kansas City. Yeah, either one of those two guys. Yeah. Those, those are the two guys. If I'm a Cub fan yeah. or if I'm the Cubs GM, I'm I'm looking at those two guys. Next Twitter poll: Felix uh, was. Oh, I like this one. Cubs fans' confidence level in Theo Epstein. Now, anyone could have voted. I didn't say Cub fans only. Right, right. What is a Cub fans, in your opinion, doesn't matter if you're a Cub fan or not, Cub fans' confidence level in Theo Epstein, sky high still, not quite as high as 2016, trending down, or it's low. This, to me, is going to be very interesting. And anyone, you know, White Sox right. fans might have voted. That's, and they say, no, no, you know. So it's hard to just go by the results because the agenda's out there. But what, what were the raw numbers, Felix? All right. So at 38%, we have not as high as 2016. Huh. 37% still sky high. 22% trending down. And then 3% say low. So 37% are still sky high on Theo. Correct. He can, he then, can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Boy. 37 and 38, to me, that's about 75, exactly. So 75% uh, sky high, uh, but not quite as high uh, as 2016. Interesting. All right. Very good. Fred, miss a little, miss a lot. Uh-huh. I know that, you know, you you're always in, popping up as it's great to hear you on the different shows. I was shows on Monday and, with Trey yeah. Burton. I was on Wednesday with Jeff Meller. I was on Friday Last with night. Chris Black. Uh-huh. I'm on here with you, mm-hmm. and I'm on tomorrow with Mongo. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yep, the rotating hosts. Now, I don't know if, uh, you know, even even you and I, even, uh, even us, you and me, we have to occasionally be away from the radio. So I don't know if you had a chance to hear... Uh, some well, this was uh, Miller and Waddle. Okay, uh, talking about uh, well, you Fred's can. Okay, let's eavesdrop earlier this week. Speaking of stats, did you guys see this was uh, up Fred's can last night? Oh yeah, he was mad that Roquan Smith's tackle and force fumble was after the game given to Eddie Jackson, so they took away. But then they 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 changed it back, didn't they? Or no? It's... No, no. La- as of last night, they had changed it. I believe. Oh, from Roquan to Eddie Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Fred, uh, I watched that play multiple times, back and forth. It was the fumble and the recovery, and Eddie Jackson ran it all the way in again, as he's done many times. And I kept watching it back and forth. And then I hadn't thought much about it till I heard you were talking well, about yeah, it. Well, yeah, it didn't make any sense. I understand uh, Eddie Jackson, kudos for him for going 65 yards. Huh. He now has a record uh, since 1970. He, he and uh, Deion Sanders are the yeah. only guys to return three uh, for oh. 65 or yeah. more in 
back-to-back years. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, in consecutive years. So the, 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 thing, the weird thing is, he went for the ball. He was trying to pull the ball out and not trying to make the tackle. And then the ball had not come out yet. Here comes Roquan Smith. Bam! Yeah. Nails him. Right. Nails the runner. The runner goes to the ground, fumbles the ball. Eddie Jackson picks it up and goes. And the, so Roquan had gotten a forced fumble and the tackle. And Eddie Jackson got the. It's so all of a sudden they changed it. They took away the forced fumble for one. That was and the, the tackle. That's the, debatable to me. But though. it's not. But it's not. Because yeah. I was thinking what you, cause we talked about this before the show. Right, so I when was, there's a strip sack, yeah, it, it's still considered a sack and a fumble. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's still a tackle. So Roquan Smith, who had 13 tackles, leading the Bears, won more than Danny Trevathan. Uh-huh. They took it away, and now he gave him only 12. The ball only came out forced. Yeah, after Roquan hit Roquan him. came in like a freight train. Yeah. Not a Mack truck. No. Because that's Khalil Mack. Right. Now, he, I mean, kudos to Eddie Jackson for trying to get the ball. Right. But when you're the first guy there, you're supposed to make the tackle. He was the holding, second guy yeah. is supposed to go for the ball. He was holding him up. Yeah. He What he was trying to do was get the ball. Yeah. And I understand that was nice, and Eddie Jackson's played well and all that stuff, but like come on. Like Buffon used to say, buckets would hold a guy up, and then I'd come flying in and get credit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. But a lot of times he said it the other way around, though. Yeah. That he was holding the guy up, and Butkus came in and got the well, maybe tackle. Maybe I had it backwards. Right. Is yeah. that what he said? That's what it was. Okay. Buffon said, I was always holding the guy up until Dick could get there. And then they both got leveled by Butkus. Yeah. Uh-huh. oh, There's man. no doubt. No. That was not the only time that uh, you had a little reference uh, during the week, Fred. Okay. Uh, this was during uh, what we call a crosstalk, uh, invented by uh, Murph in 1993, but who cares? Uh, here's crosstalk, and the boys are talking about the Bulls. Okay. And the night before the Bulls game, Fred Hoiberg had uh, run out on the, uh, not on the, uh, to really give the business to, uh, uh, to Parker, right? Yeah. Uh, Jabari, uh, Jabari Parker. Parker for not, again, again, and again playing who can, who can under Who can understand English, yeah. but apparently does not understand the definition of the word defense. So the boys are talking about, uh, you know, Hoiberg, and all of a sudden Yurko comes in with a group. Well, here we go. Last night, Fred come out on the court and chastised Jabari. Did he? Hubner? No, Hoiberg. <laughs> oh, Hoiberg. Freddie Hoiberg. Oh. Yeah. Save his job. Hubner wasn't in New Orleans last night. <laughs> I would like to have been in New Orleans anytime. I've only made one trip to New Orleans. I can't wait to get back. Uh, uh, it's going to be fun. All right. But, yeah, you know, it was so weird. And then I guess Hoiberg said after the game that he didn't go on the court specifically to to chew out uh, Jabari Parker. But mm. if he didn't, he should have because Jabari's just watching guys go down the lane. He's standing there not stepping in to t- try and take a charge. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I asked uh, people on Twitter the question the other day, when did – basketball players decide that they cannot play any defense and still make millions of dollars because that's what there's so many people doing in the NBA. It's terrible. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Glad you joined us. Back in a flash, final thoughts, Murph and Fred at ESPN 1000. Yes, he is. That's our Murph and Fred for a final couple minutes. Stepping aside early today, normally 9 till noon. Fred, uh, do you think he'll... 
what? Now, he's not on any of the injury reports, so no, we can not. assume he's hopefully yeah. near, near ready to good to go 100%. Well, he was full participation in practice, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. so that should all be good, and uh, we'll see if he's, uh, it'd be obviously great to have him the Mac that he was the first four games of the season when he became named the uh, Defensive Player of the Month, despite not getting Defensive Player of the Week any of those four weeks. Now, uh, you were the first one I heard, maybe others, that uh, pointed out early, uh, was it this, well, last week or this week? I mean... A uh, couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, of course, when he played hurt. When he played against Miami and, and uh, New England, he was rushing from the right side, even though he made all of his big plays from them rushing from the left side. And I know you stayed on that topic for a while. Did you get any uh, insight as to why some people, Well, some people were saying maybe Lamar, maybe Leonard Floyd rushes better from the uh, other side. Well, that's not, you know, why would you move your best pass rusher mm-hmm. to the side just to help out your second best pass rusher? But uh, Yurko had a good idea, too. He mentioned it a couple weeks ago when I worked with him about, you know, when you're coming from a certain angle, when uh, your certain ankle hurts, uh, there's more pressure on it when you're going one way than the other. So, Oh, was that because it was the right ankle Yeah, for uh, <coughs> Khalil Mack? So usually on the left side, you would think that you're coming around trying to off the edge would be the left ankle. But Yurko said it's your inside, inside. ankle. In other words, from the left edge coming around uh, it's the more right, pressure on it, your right ankle yeah so yeah. that's why they might have had him at the left side yeah so if we if we uh push that down uh, uh the field we could say that watch to see would this be fair watch to see where they have which Matt. side he rushes right on if he's lined up on the left side they feel very very confident that the right ankle is uh, good to go if he's on the right side again does you know could be matchups right but it could mean that they're still trying to protect it a little bit right well it could be matchups but the right tackle from uh the Detroit Lions gave up three and a half sacks last week so you might want to go have him go against that guy uh, Kevin White, uh, healthy scratch, which is more of a hockey term, but last week. Remember we were talking earlier uh, in the month, you know, how many uh, targets will he have? Right. He had two or three or four. He had that. three. He had three. Uh, two weeks ago, he had three and uh, one catch. And one and was taken away on a flag. I think there were actually four targets, but three official scrubber. Uh-huh. Then last week, that was a stunner. Right. It surprised a lot of people, especially since you put Javon Wims in there. He really didn't throw the ball to him. He just had him run around a few times. Why do you... Is it just... He's physically a great-looking athlete. White. Well, they always said the one thing he can do is jump up high in the air and grab the ball. We saw that in the New England game. He could do that. But maybe he's not able to do anything else, like run routes or, you know. You know, I'll never forget, though, the two or three times that one game where he was off the line of scrimmage and the Bears got flagged two or three times. Yeah, the only time we heard Bobby Massey's name is, they said, because he was left uncovered. Right, but it's obviously not the right. tackle's fault. It's not fault. Massey's fault. Right, and in those plays, White was on the field and could have looked right down like in high school. I better step up a three yep. feet here and be on the line so we don't get a flag. Whatever. So, uh, busy day. We're all done? Yep, we're finished. I want to thank our guest, Arthur Arkush, from Pro Football Weekly. And Jesse Rogers, the little guy with some great Cub stuff. Thanks uh, to those uh, fellas. Thanks to Felix Reyes for all of his help. Felix will be back with me tomorrow when I'm here with Steve Mongo McMichael. We'll be getting you ready for the Bears and the Lions. You know, the Lions have won. 
nine of the last ten matchups. It's about time that changes, and hopefully it changes tomorrow, noon kickoff at Soldier Field. Go Bears. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling, and see you later, everybody.